Okay, today we are uh, jumping into New Testament prophecy. Um, obviously, we spent the past few weeks talking about um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, what are the what were the three power gifts? Just throw them out there. Power gifts, power gifts, power gifts. Power gift, power gift. Healing. Healing is one of them. What's another one? Miracles. Miracles. Power gift, power gift. Faith. Yeah, faith. Faith, healing, miracles are power gifts. Our revelation gifts was distinguishing of spirits, word of knowledge. What was the other one? Wisdom. What were our three vocal gifts? Prophecy. Prophecy. Interpretation of tongues? Yeah, the interpretation of tongues and various kinds of tongues. So we have our our nine gifts. And so now we talked about our nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So now we're going to, in jumping into prophecy, we're going to kind of do some groundwork. We're going to talk about the five gifts of Christ. The five gifts of Christ are found in Ephesians 4. So I'm really excited about this because, um, man, just the world needs, man, we need the full impact the fivefold ministry in the body right now and the world like needs it desperately and they're they're trapped and wrapped up in a lot of crazy stuff right now and uh they need people who have a prophetic edge on their voice they need people who are prophesying they need people who are speaking not from this earth but they're speaking from heaven into their life they need it man i'm telling you um so, the, what are the five gifts of Christ? It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to, to, build, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, Tossed here and there by the waves and, and uh, by, by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, who from who um, excuse me, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself. In love. So the five gifts of Christ are apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. These are gifts of Christ from God given to men. You know, um, uh, the purpose of those gifts, as we read, was one was to equip. They're to build. And get this, it's to attain to unity. I mean, the, the, the manifestation of the, all five gifts of Christ brings unity. Um, uh, this is a powerful thing. I think that's why there's a lot of so much division around this, even within the church, is that there's a lack of expression of all the five gifts. But the Bible clearly says that the impact of the five gifts of Christ brings unity. And uh, verse 13, it's ultimately to mature. That, that, that being said, anytime you count out one of the gifts of Christ, you're saying no to maturity. But you need all five gifts to bring about full maturity in your life. And, uh, you know, what maturity is saying that you're no longer children. Children, the Bible says it's you're tossed here and there. Meaning there's an argument or school of thought that shows up here and it tosses you. And then a new one comes up and you get tossed this way. And the Bible says that's immature. 
It's childish. When you are falling this way and a new, the Bible says, uh, you know, be, being aware of the schemes and the craftiness of men, the deceitful scheming, that it would toss you. And so avoiding being tossed around by arguments and scheming is, is, is a part of our process in growing in maturity. And so uh, what else is maturity? Maturity says the body builds itself up, uh, begins to build itself up. You know, that's, that's an interesting thought that um, it's no longer someone building from without, but the body starts to build itself. It becomes healthy. It means the, it ha- takes on a life of its own. Um, the body of Christ is rightly aligned to its head. The bride is ready to meet her bridegroom. That's what it means to come into maturity. If, he, if Christ is the head and we're the body, that means we have to grow up until we can be in right proportion to our head. That means right. we fit correctly. You know? And until we fit correctly, that, you, that, that ultimate consummation, that ultimate thing that happens with, between the bride and the bridegroom, it, it, it doesn't happen yet. And so we want to grow up into maturity. And so what we're diving into is prophecy, right? And so I want to talk about one of those gifts of Christ, which is the gift of the prophet. Um, you know, the, the gift of the prophet, um, who, who, everyone's met a prophet in your life. Has everyone met a prophet? No, y'all too have. Melda, have you met a prophet? Robert, prophet in your life, you know a prophet? So. Okay, maybe maybe have an interaction or something like that. So, prophets, um, you know, in the Old Testament, they their primary function was they were God's mouthpiece, and uh, they would speak out the word of the Lord. You know, Nathan the prophet, Samuel the prophet. Um, uh, you know, uh, you have these guys who came and would bring the word of the Lord to government leaders. And, you know, that is still active today. Prophets are still doing that. Prophets are still speaking to high-level governments and speaking to leaders one-on-one. That's, that's fine. But the function pr- primarily within the body of Christ isn't just to be the mouthpiece of God to a body of people, although that is part of it. But their primary function shifts to equipping. Meaning people who sit under the ministry of a prophet begin to prophesy. If a prophet's gifted in seeing and hearing, the fruit of their ministry is those that sit under their ministry as they start to see and hear. Right? So that, that's what happens. When you come under a prophet's ministry, that should be the ultimate thing that flows. Is, hmm, you, it, it calls you up. It brings you up, to, brings you up a notch. Um, um, and so that, that's something we want to see happening. And so like whenever we're, we're doing our supernatural ways of royalty during the week... You know, Chris Valentin is a prophet. So one of the fruits of us sitting under that ministry is we should all go up a couple notches in, in our prophetic gifts. We should start to hear a little bit clearer. We should start to see a little bit clearer. That his ministry should cause us to 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 rise rise up. That those those are natural fruits of a prophet. The calling of a prophet. Um, most of them are called at birth. Some are called when they're born again. And this is most, it's not all. There are people who are probably called, you know, in their life. Paul, uh, you know, Paul is an apostle, but he got his calling, you know, on the road to Damascus after he was beaten Christians. So, I mean, you know, there's, there, there are exceptions. But I would say at large, prophets are called when they're born again or, or when, they're, when they're born. You know, something happened. 
Um, you know, you, you don't go to school to become a prophet. Um, you don't uh, get a certification. It's not like going and getting an MBA, you know. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool if it was, you know, I wouldn't be going to that. But, um, you know, it's not something that you just uh, sign up for a course. You know, Kayla and I are going to the Bethel School of Prophets. The fruit of that doesn't mean we come out prophets. Like, <laughs> that's not what happens. It's just, if they're just learning from prophets and learning from those. And so, um, you know, no, it's, it's not something that you earn. Um, but it's really, it's not about what they do, but it's about who they are. Prophets' lives are a message. It's not just their word. Like, we prophesy. In the Old Testament, their, their life was a message, and it was the words they said. And a lot of prophets, that they're not, not even, some of them don't utter the same measure of prophecy as others. Some are like, this is the Lord, this is the Lord, Lord says this, and that's all that happens. Prophecy is flowing out of them. Others, it's, th- it's their life is a gift to the body of Christ, the way they live. Hosea, um, uh, God spoke to Hosea and said, go marry a prostitute, Gomer. And he goes and marries her, and Gomer leaves him, goes back to the world, and he finds her back on the auction block, and uh, God says to Hosea, buy her back again. That life of Hosea was a, that is a prophetic declaration from God to the people. It was saying God pursued you while you were in your sin. God pursued the people while they were in their sin. They turned from him, went back to him, and he pursued again. It's a, it was a, his life, what he was doing, was a prophetic message. Uh, another good example was Agabus in Acts chapter 21. And uh, verse 10, it says, And as we were staying there for some days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own hands and feet and said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So he takes a belt and binds himself like he's doing a physical demonstration. You know, uh, Jill Austin was a a prophet. She's going home to be a whore now. But she was a potter. And uh, I don't know if there's a female word for potter, like potress or something like that. But anyway. But uh, it's Potter, I don't know. But he would, she would sit and she would mold a clay pot in front of the congregation and prophesy. And miracles are happening, signs of wonders being done. But she was molding a pot. It was her ministry. And she would be molding a pot. Isn't that cool? Like it's, a, it's something unique. Prophets are, are interesting people. <laughs> you know, they're, they're very interesting people, but they're, they're a gift from the Lord. Um, so Agabus takes the belt and wraps it around his waist. In verse 12, it says, when, Paul, when we had heard this, we as well as the local residents began begging him, speaking of Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. So the people were acknowledging that one Agabus is a prophet. And they saw that he was binding himself. So the people started saying, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem because this is what's going to happen to you. Then Paul answered, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I am not ready, excuse me, for I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. Mm. I'll tell you what, that's what a leader looks like right there. He is like going forward in the, in the call of God in his life. He knows what he's called to do. And it, there's nothing stopping him. He's going forward. In verse 14, And since he would not be persuaded, we both silent remarking, The will of the Lord be done. So Agabus, the prophet, he brought a warning. You know, that's a function of prophets in our life. They should bring, they can bring warning. 
you know, they can sniff out uh, sin and, and leadership. It's part of their, their gift to the body of Christ. Um, uh, in this place, he was bringing out a warning of what he first saw coming. Um, uh, and then Paul made the choice to continue to go forward. Um, let's continue along that thought, um, the authority of a prophet. Um, they're part of God's government and have authority and responsibility to correct and direct the body of Christ. They're a builder and, and the body along with apostles. They're building gifts. They build things, uh, build up works for the Lord. First uh, Corinthians 2.28 says, And God has appointed to the, in the church first apostles. You know, this is one of the few scenarios that you see priorities in, in the list of gifts of calling. You know, when the, in the gifts to in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's no list of priorities. It says there's these gifts. There are diverse types of gifts, and then you list them out. Or there are the gifts of, of Christ, and then they're listed out. Here is a really unique place, first Corinthians twelve twenty eight, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles then gifts of healings, helps, administrators, and various kinds of tongues. Now, this is important to, uh, to recognize. There are a lot of, um, if you've never read the book, Culture of Honor, by Danny Silk, it lays out such a powerful revelation on this verse. Um, it's life-changing. And, um, you know, if you've ever sat in pastor-teacher model churches versus apostle-prophet model churches, they're two completely different experiences. They feel like two different tribes. They feel like two different worlds because you have different schools of thoughts. Pastors and teachers think, think in terms of structure and shepherding and caring for the people. And apostles and prophets think in terms of let's bring heaven down and let's go out into all the world and let's fulfill the call and mission of God. You know? And so the, uh, you know, the, there's just two different schools of thought that, that are out there. I mean, you'll find it in, in any church you go to. It's either an apostolic church or prophetic church, apostolic prophetic company people, or it's a pastor teacher company people. Um, two different models. We, we like to lean towards the apostolic prophetic. Um, That's why we position our heart under Kalea, that we have an apostolic covering. That way we're always missions minded, focusing on what's going out, not what's going in. And so, um, they're authority of a prophet. They have uh, they have authority to speak into the body of Christ. Uh, doesn't mean you can have rogue prophets show up to random bodies and expect them to have authority there. That's not what that means. It means that within a system, within a a, uh, a network of, of believers, let's say with Kaleo, for example, that there are prophets in our ministry. You know, Tanika is a prophet in our, in our ministry. She has authority in our ministry. When she says something, we, we pay attention to what she's saying. She says, hey, this is not going to work. You need to make this adjustment. Adjustment. We adhere to that. And we honor her as a prophet. And so because we honor her as a prophet, we receive that grace on her life. Um, that's not to say that when you do come across random prophets that are out there, and they are, it's important to recognize the grace on people's lives and to be humble. You know, and, uh, and just be, have humility. Have humility and receive, from what, receive for what they have for you. If they feel like they have something from God, then... Open your heart. Open your heart. And, um, yeah, and then, and, you know, and when you receive from prophets, it's important. Take, what's, take what rings true with you and what doesn't ring true with you. Just set it aside. You know, Kenneth Hagin used to say, any, any cow 
has enough sense to eat the hay and spit out sticks. In other words, when a cow goes to eat from a bale of hay, it can't help but eat some sticks with it. But a cow knows how to spit out the sticks and eat the hay. It's the same way. I mean, you're, when you're dealing with prophets, you're dealing with human vessels. People that are, that they're, they, they bleed red just like you and I. And uh, they're, they're natural. They have to renew their mind. They have to work on their character. They have to work on their lifestyle. And so, you know, if there are portions that don't sit right, don't throw out the prophet. That would, be a, that would be a mistake. That would be like throwing out the pastor or throwing out the teacher. Just take what's of God and what you're not sure about. Just set it down. And what's interesting, you know, with Sam, I think it was Samuel that the Bible said um, that God let not none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, he said something and God honored everything he said. Sometimes a prophet may speak to you and it's something you set aside and somehow God works it to bring it to pass. Like it's just, it's unique little things. And so um, it's important that, that we're humble and that we can always receive from them. Um, you know, Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. Um, I didn't write the full verse, but it talks about how when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Likewise, if you receive a righteous man in, in the name of a righteous man, you receive the righteous man's reward. And so what this is talking about is your condition of heart position towards someone determines what you receive out of them. And so let's say you have a prophet come in among us that we recognize. Let's say Tanika comes here. We recognize her as a prophet within our ministry. We recognize her as a prophet and as her life even outside our ministry. And, um, but you don't receive her as a prophet. You receive her as just another believer. You know, it's going to make an impact on your ability to receive from her. And you won't get that, that reward. That reward that she has is for you to grow in the prophetic. That reward that she has is a word from the Lord. The reward that she has is you beginning to see differently in the spirit or you being sharpened. So positioning your heart towards her should she come as a prophet will open you up to a different different place. Now like the, the prophet that we did the Skype call with, uh, Stephen, we position our heart to him as a prophet. We recognize him as a prophet. And, uh, and so after he spoke to us for like 45 minutes, we, re- we recorded it. We took notes on everything he had to say. And there are things that he said that were like, wow, they really resounded with us. And there are other things that's like, hmm, I'm not sure about that. But we don't throw it out and we don't throw him out. We just, we take this, say, okay, God, what do you want to do? That's the correct way to receive from them. Yeah. Um, um, Let's talk about a couple of defining qualities of prophets. It's a gift of Christ. It's something you are. God chooses prophets. People don't choose prophets. People, you can acknowledge the call on their life, but I didn't choose Stephen. I just recognize, oh, he's a prophet. I'm going to receive him as, as a prophet. God chooses them. It's not a degree you can earn. Their function, they direct, correct, warn, govern, and equip. You know, a lot of um, prophetic ministry today um, leaves out a lot of this stuff. You know, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of people don't receive prophets in, the, in their full function, but they can bring direction. They should bring correction. They should warn us. They should bring, bring governmental authority. And they should equip us. They're part of the fivefold team and their callings for life. 
Uh, I think it's in Romans 11, the Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. It means God doesn't change his mind. Once he calls you, that's it. He doesn't feel bad about it. He doesn't have any remorse. To me, that, that really shows that God believes in us no matter what. All right. So, interesting. So, um, I really felt like we needed to talk about that before we jumped into prophecy. So, let's talk about the gift of prophecy. We've already talked about prophet. Gift of prophecy, one of the three vocal gifts of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, is not, it's, it's, a, it's important to remember that it's, an, that it's a gift. It's not an award. It's not a sign of maturity. It doesn't mean it's not a sign of affirmation. It's not a sign that you're doing good. In other words, it shouldn't puff you up. When it's Christmas, we get gifts. You know, makes Jonathan smile. When we when it's Christmas, you get gifts. You know, those gifts don't prove that Jonathan could pay for that gift. It doesn't prove that he earned that gift. It doesn't prove that we are crazy proud of Jonathan about something. <laughs> it means, no offense, it, it just proves we love you. That's all. Gifts are gifts. They're not awards. And so if you grow in your gifts, one of the fallacies that we can have is, oh, wow, I'm really maturing in God. Well, no, you just, you get gifts because you ask for them. You know, Robert's got some testimonies from, or he had, Words of knowledge dropping. You know, we didn't even ask for words of knowledge for you. We talked about prophecy. But Robert was getting words of knowledge this week. Words of knowledge were just happening. You know, where they weren't happening like that before. They're just gifts. You get gifts for asking. And that's why it should be and it, it should be normal for believers to walk in the gifts. Amen. Because it's not a, it's not about maturity. It's just they're just freebies. God, give them to me according to your will. Amen. And your word says I can eagerly desire the greater ones. And so Give me the big ones. <laughs> you know, like just ask them and it's okay. Um, um, so it's not a stamp of maturity or, that or even that your walk is upright. There's a lot of ministers that have walked very, very poorly and ministered with gifts and uh, have been in horrible, horrible situations. I think we've all probably seen some of that uh, in life. And so it's not a sign of maturity. Um, let's talk about the characteristics of the gift of prophecy. Um, one, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not who you are. It's what you do. Bringing prophetic words is not about your personal identity. It's just, it's a function. It's a tool in your tool belt. That's what it is. But any believer, any of us should learn how to develop those tools and how to work those tools and how to be skilled with those tools and how to use them to their full benefit. Um, uh, the prophetic ability is the gift. I mean, in other words, there are people who are, have greater prophetic abilities than others. Some people are very developed in the prophetic gift. Other people are just getting started. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this is something that you can grow in. And that's part of why we need to honor prophets because they can help us grow. It's, it's their office. It's who they are. And their job is to equip us so that we can walk in those gifts and we can develop those gifts. Uh, now, I want to contrast the purpose and function of the gift of the prophet with the purpose and function of the gift of prophecy. Gift of the prophet, remember, will direct, correct, warn, govern, equip. The gift of prophecy, the gift of the spirit, is 1 Corinthians 14.3 as for edification, exhortation, and comfort of the body. Now, a lot of people have taken that verse and applied it to the office of the prophet, and that's not accurate. 
that's not the that's not the function of the office of the prophet, although a prophet should and can prophesy. Um, but a prophet's function would be to direct, correct, warn, warn, govern, and equip, and prophesy, which would be exhort, edify, and comfort. So you can't leave out the other. You you have to have it. Though uh, for the believers, for people who just have a gift on their life, in whatever measure that is, we should uh, seek for the edification, for the exhortation, and for comfort of the body. Amen. And so remember, what was the function of the five gifts of Christ? It was for the building up, for the body's building up of itself in love. In other words, this gives you tools for John to love Robert, or Robert to love John. It gives tools so that you can equip each other. Amen. And so you can build each other. You know, this is how we build community and how we build like a safe place for people to come. It's when the body begins to nurture itself. And when it starts taking care of itself, other people feel like they can, like you can invite someone to come. Or you, you feel like other, when people do come, they, they feel safe because they can feel love flowing back and forth. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 this is in the Amplified. It says, But on the other hand, the one who prophesies, who interprets the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching, speaks to men for their upholding and constructive spiritual progress and encouragement and consolation. Amen. And so, you know, I gave you that word on your card the other day for John's birthday. I told John I would give him, give him a word. And so I just went to my, my little desk back here and prayed, Lord, Lord, what are you saying? And what I gave him was one of these. Exhort, edify, comfort. I didn't say, uh, you know, some horrible warnings that are happening in your life, or I didn't say some, uh, man, you really need to change direction. I didn't come with a governmental thing. That's not, it was, we are Christians, and Christians prophesy. So we just shared what he was, Lord was saying. Um, uh, that's, that's scriptural. 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a special gift. I, I really thought of you, you two for this one because y'all, y'all's gift, what y'all said your calling was on Wednesday. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now part of being steward, good stewards of that is using what God gives you to serve others. Amen. And I think it's for everyone here too. I mean, it's all, for all of us. Use what you got, you know. Don't, don't be upset if your gift is this big. Just use what you got. It's okay. Use what you got and let, let God do something. Being a good steward means you, you put it to use. You don't just hide it away. That was Romans 11.29 that the gift is for life. The gifts and callings of God are, are irrevocable. So, defining prophecy. Uh, if I'm bringing a word to, to you, or you're bringing a word to me, a prophetic word as a believer... Uh, prophecy is, is both foretelling and forthtelling. Um, foretelling means to know the future. And so a prophetic word would, would be, you know, if the Lord is revealing to me that someone is in a season of promotion, and I just uh, and I want to go to my brother and tell him, hey man, I really believe God's promoting you right now, and uh, that you're in a season of promotion, and it's coming your way. I just want to encourage you. That is foretelling. Those are prophetic words. You know, what, what makes them prophetic isn't, isn't just you sharing them. What makes them prophetic is that they came from heaven. It means it was something in the heart of God flowed through your heart and out of your mouth. 
That's what makes words have a prophetic edge. And people can feel it when you're speaking to them prophetically. Even if you don't even say this is a prophetic word, you can just tell them, hey, I feel like you're in a season of promotion. And there's an edge because it, it came from heaven. That's what makes a word prophetic. Um, um, foretelling. So Acts chapter 11, verse 27. Now at this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Uh, one of the name Agabus stood up and began to indicate by Spirit of the Lord uh, that, there would be, that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius. And so he was aware of something that was happening. John Paul Jackson, uh, in terms of prophecy, he was he foretold you know about a decade ago all the riots that are happening today, and there's a there's a video, and I remember when I saw it, I thought, man, this is a bunch of trash. I don't want to listen to this guy, and I really liked John Paul Jackson. What was interesting, but he brought this prophetic word, and it kind of went viral in the charismatic circles about ten years ago, and uh, I was like, man, this guy's talking about rioting. He's prophesying riots, and I thought, what's he? Uh, and we was like. Let's just turn. I didn't even finish it. I turned it off like midway. And uh, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that happened. <laughs> you know, and uh, a prophet will prophesy something foretelling the future. Okay. And I want to tell you that, uh, you know, like uh, me and, me and um, Robert were discussing, you know, when you pick up prophetically what's going on and you see something about to happen, I want to encourage you to do something interesting, and that's to step in as an intercessor. To step in and interrupt that. That if God, if you see that someone is heading for destruction and God reveals that to you, you know, John Paul Jackson is in the office of a prophet, so he's bringing a government to work, right? Warning the body of Christ. But as ministers, as Christians who have prophetic gifts, if you see destruction coming to someone, I would say don't speak that judgment onto them. Don't go announce to them judgment's coming your way. That's the last card you got. I would I would go to them and say, hey, I really think you should change directions. Or before you go to them, I would even pray, God, I ask you, Lord, to change his heart. I ask you to show up in his life. I ask you to show up and uh, and just stop this process. I ask you, Lord, for a window of grace that they could change their mind. And then you go to them and just encourage them. And if you see that they keep on heading, they keep on heading, you know, then it's time to play it. Last card, listen, this is what God showed me. But there's a good protocol that you could follow. You don't have to bring the hammer <laughs> right, right <laughs> off the top. You know, don't, don't, you don't have to go crush people. But I would say go and be an intercessor and pray for them. Uh. Bob Jones foretold uh, Mike Bickle's ministry uh, at Mike Bickle's ministry with uh, IHOP. I mean, he called it out pretty spot on way before Mike Bickle knew anything about it. And so prof- prophecy is, uh, is is foretelling. Uh, fourth telling with the th that means you're causing it. I think we operate more in this than than we intend to. Uh, the Bible says th- that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So what you speak really matters. And you can cause some stuff to happen with, with your declarations. And so it matters what you say in your homes to each other. And, uh, and that's fine. I'm, I'm all for um, you know, positive confession. You know, confessing the word of God over our day, over ourselves. But there's another tier, another level of that. And I think it falls back into intercession where 
you are making a declaration about somebody. That's what we did this morning. It's a prophetic reach tool. We are praying over people and we're declaring, you who do not know the Lord, it will be said to you, you are sons of the living God. And it's a prophetic tool. That is a measure of prophecy. And that we can, we can all operate in that. Um, a great example is the story of uh, the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Man, this is rocking. This is awesome. He's looking at a valley of bones. He says, hey, dry bones, hear the word of God. He's, this is like resurrection power flowing through Ezekiel. Amen. He is calling life to dry bones. These are old bones. These are bones that have been sitting. There's no signs of life. I mean, who looks at bones and sees an army? Come on. That's, that is prophecy. Amen. That is the prophetic. Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord... Oh, oh, oh Lord, you know. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God to these bones. Well, this guy looks crazy. He looks crazy. He says, hey bones, hear the word of God. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit with you. It's okay. It's okay. Remember, it's talking, remember we're talking about the Holy Spirit with you was the breath of God, yes. right? It says, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. Verse 6, I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slains, that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me. That, that's a huge deal. Prophesy as he commanded you. And, and breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. That's the power of prophetic declarations. And uh, man, you are today what you've been speaking about yesterday. <laughs> you know, speak what you say about your life matters for tomorrow. It matters for the rest of the day today. Amen. It matters for the rest of your life. Speaking life. Speaking life. That cement sickness is not going to touch me. I'll not have any fear of, of any virus. Come on. I'll not have any fear of, of any danger going to Mexico. I'll not have any fear of, of wrong people stopping me. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to come back in peace. I'm going to go out in joy, and I'm going to come back in joy. Speaking life. Any obstacle that was set up against me, God's moving it out of my way right now. Yeah. Those aren't just passive words, and they're not just hope-filled words. It's literally like this, bone coming to bone. 
Things are literally moving out of the way. Things in the spirit, things that were going to oppose you, are being removed out of the way because you spoke it with your mouth. Last day's prophetic ministry um, uh, looks like this. It looks like that exhortation, edifying, and uh, and comfort. And, um, you know, it's important that as God is revealing things to us, that we apply them. When you don't apply what God reveals to you in the prophetic, it leads you into religion. Yep. And religion leads you into pride. And pride comes before a fall. Mm-hmm. And you cover a fall with religion. And religion leads to pride. And pride goes before a fall. And it's just this little cycle. One of the worst things you can do in the prophetic is get something and do nothing with it. Come on. That's a bad idea, man. When you get something, you need to do something with it. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, some accountability that you need to work out with God. That, God, I'm asking for more. And he gives gives you more. You have a responsibility to do something with it. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. Okay, this is uh, Acts chapter 2. Speaking of last day's ministries, and we're, we're just about done. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. One of the fruits of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is people will become prophetic. Where, where there's the outpouring of God, you are always going to find prophecy without fail. And if there's anything moving among those people, these people will be a prophesying bunch of people. If there is true revival happening, if there is outpouring happening, prophecy is flowing. Likewise, I would say, when prophecy isn't flowing, there's a lack of the outpouring of God on an individual and or a group of people. When there's a lack of prophecy flowing, it's fruit that, hey, the, the, the outpouring level needs, needs to, the water tide needs to rise. Things need to go up. And so the fruit of the outpouring of the Spirit is, and they shall prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Um, it says, eagerly pursue. This is amplified. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. And earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or gifts. Especially that you may prophesy. Interpret the, or, or interpret the divine will and purpose and, and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching. 1 Corinthians 14.39 um, It says, So to conclude, my brethren, earnestly desire and set your hearts on prophesying or being inspired to preach and teach in God's interpret, and, and to interpret God's will and purpose. Last one, Proverbs 15, verse 23. A man has joy in an apt answer. And how delightful is a timely word. Um, and so I just want to encourage everyone this morning, you know, and just just go after this. Go after getting prophetic words. I love that last that last part of that verse in verse 23 of Proverbs 15. And how delightful is a timely word. And I'm telling you that there are people all around us that they need prophetic words. They need the word of the Lord for your life, their life. They need the word of the Lord for their season. 
and it, it, it touches their heart. Amen. People need it. So let's pray for it. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we, we ask you, Lord, that you'd give us delightful, timely words, Lord God. That you'd give us words uh, to speak out to our, to our sphere of influence. I pray that as we, we get revelation, God, I pray that, that we, would, um, we would get a clear interpretation and we would apply it quickly, Father God. I pray for boldness over our hearts, God, that we would deliver prophetic words with courage, with humility, and with honor towards those that we're ministering to. We ask you that uh, as we're going through this uh, the next few weeks, Lord God, into prophecy and prophesying and growing in that tool. God, Holy Spirit, we ask you for your leadership. Holy Spirit, we need your, your leadership to grow, grow in this. Father God, it's not something that we can do in our flesh, but we need you, God, to bring timely words to people and, uh, and minister to our lives in Jesus' name. We love you. Amen. Amen.